Chapter thirty eight of Young People's Treasury, Volume six Famous Travels and Adventures by Hamilton Wright Maybe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Pyramids by Edward D. Clark. We were roused as soon as the sun dawned by Antony, our faithful Greek servant and interpreter, with the intelligence that the pyramids were in view. We hastened from the cabin and never will the impression made by their appearance be obliterated by reflecting the sun's rays they appear as white as snow and of such surprising magnitude that nothing we had previously conceived in our imagination had prepared us for the spectacle we beheld the sight instantly convinced us that no power of description no delineation can convey ideas adequate to the effect produced in viewing these stupendous monuments the formality of their construction is lost in their prodigious magnitude the mind elevated by wonder feels at once the force of an axiom which however disputed experience confirms that in vastness whatsoever be its nature there dwells solemnity another proof of their indescribable power is that no one ever approached them under other emotions than those of terror which is another principal source of the sublime in certain instances of irritable feeling this impression of awe and fear has been so great as to cause pain rather than pleasure hence perhaps have originated descriptions of the pyramids which represent them as deformed and gloomy masses without taste or beauty persons who have derived no satisfaction from the contemplation of them may not have been conscious that the uneasiness they experienced was a result of their own sensibility others have acknowledged ideas widely different excited by every wonderful circumstance of character and of situation ideas of duration almost endless of power inconceivable of majesty supreme of solitude most awful of grandeur of desolation and of repose upon august twenty third eighteen o two we set out for the pyramids the inundation enabling us to approach within less than a mile of the larger pyramid in our germ or boat messrs hammer and hamilton accompanied us we arrived at djiza at daybreak and called upon some english officers who wished to join our party upon this occasion from djiza our approach to the pyramids was through a swampy country by means of a narrow canal which however was deep enough and we arrived without any obstacle at nine o'clock at the bottom of a sandy slope leading up to the principal pyramid some bedouin arabs who had assembled to receive us upon our landing were much amused by the eagerness excited in our whole party to prove who should first set his foot upon the summit of this artificial mountain with what amazement did we survey the vast surface that was presented to us when we arrived at this stupendous monument which seemed to reach the clouds here and there appeared some arab guides upon the immense masses above us like so many pygmies waiting to show the way to the summit now and then we thought we heard voices and listened but it was the wind and powerful gusts sweeping the immense ranges of stone already some of our party had begun the ascent and were pausing at the tremendous depth which they saw below one of our military companions after having surmounted the most difficult part of the undertaking became giddy in consequence of looking down from the elevation he had attained and being compelled to abandon the project 
he hired an arab to assist him in effecting his descent the rest of us more accustomed to the business of climbing heights with many a halt for respiration and many an exclamation of wonder pursued our way toward the summit the mode of ascent has been frequently described and yet from the questions which are often proposed to travellers it does not appear to be generally understood the reader may imagine himself to be upon a staircase every step of which to a man of middle stature is nearly breast high and the breadth of each step is equal to its height consequently the footing is secure and although a retrospect in going up be sometimes fearful to persons unaccustomed to look down from any considerable elevation yet there is little danger of falling in some places indeed where the stones are decayed caution may be required and an arab guide is always necessary to avoid a total interruption but upon the whole the means of ascent are such that almost every one may accomplish it our progress was impeded by other causes we carried with us a few instruments such as our boat compass a thermometer a telescope etc these could not be trusted in the hands of the arabs and they were liable to be broken every instant at length we reached the topmost tier to the great delight and satisfaction of all the party here we found a platform thirty-two feet square consisting of nine large stones each of which might weigh about a ton although they are much inferior in size to some of the stones used in the construction of this pyramid travellers of all ages and of various nations have here inscribed their names some are written in greek many in french a few in arabic one or two in english and others in latin we were as desirous as our predecessors to leave a memorial of our arrival it seemed to be a tribute of thankfulness due for the success of our undertaking and presently every one of our party was seen busied in adding the inscription of his name upon this area which looks like a point when seen from cairo or from the nile it is extraordinary that none of those numerous hermits fixed their abode who retired to the tops of columns and to almost inaccessible solitudes upon the pinnacles of the highest rocks it offers a much more convenient and secure retreat than was selected by an ascetic who pitched his residence upon the architrave of a temple in the vicinity of athens the heat according to fahrenheit's thermometer at the time of our coming did not exceed eighty four degrees and the same temperature continued during the time we remained a strong wind blowing from the northwest the view from this eminence amply fulfilled our expectation nor do the accounts which have been given of it as it appears at this season of the year exaggerate the novelty and grandeur of the site all the region towards cairo and the delta resembles a sea covered with innumerable islands forests of palm trees were seen standing in the water the inundation spreading over the land where they stood so as to give them an appearance of growing in the flood to the north as far as the eye could reach nothing could be discerned but a watery surface thus diversified by plantations and by villages to the south we saw the pyramids of saqqara and upon the east of these smaller monuments of the same kind nearer to the nile an appearance of ruins might indeed be traced the whole way from the pyramids of djiza to those of saqqara as if they had once been connected so as to constitute one vast cemetery beyond the pyramids of saqqara we could perceive the distant mountains of the said and upon an eminence near the libyan side of the nile 
appeared a monastery of considerable size toward the west and southwest the eye ranged over the great libyan desert extending to the utmost verge of the horizon without a single object to interrupt the dreary horror of the landscape except dark floating spots caused by the shadows of passing clouds upon the sand upon the southeast side is the gigantic statue of the sphinx the most colossal piece of sculpture which remains of all the works executed by the ancients the french have uncovered all the pedestal of this statue and all the cumbent or leonine parts of the figure these were before entirely concealed by sand instead however of answering the expectations raised concerning the work upon which it was supposed to rest the pedestal proves to be a wretched substructure of brickwork and small pieces of stone put together like the most insignificant piece of modern masonry and wholly out of character both with respect to the prodigious labor bestowed upon the statue itself and the gigantic appearance of the surrounding objects beyond the sphinx we distinctly discerned amidst the sandy waste the remains and vestiges of a magnificent building perhaps the serapeum immediately beneath our view upon the eastern and western side we saw so many tombs that we were unable to count them some being half buried in the sand others rising considerably above it all these are of an oblong form with sides sloping like the roofs of european houses a plan of their situation and appearance is given in pocock's travels the second pyramid standing to the southwest has the remains of a covering near its vertex as of a plating of stone which had once invested all its four sides some persons deceived by the external hue of this covering have believed it to be made of marble but its white appearance is owing to a partial decomposition affecting the surface only not a single fragment of marble can be found anywhere near this pyramid it is surrounded by a paved court having walls on the outside and places as for doors or portals in the walls also an advanced work or portico a third pyramid of much smaller dimensions than the second appears beyond the sphinx to the southwest and there are three others one of which is nearly buried in the sand between the large pyramid and this statue to the southeast End of chapter 38